we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. serve as the care pastor here at Redemption Church, and I'm glad to see you in the house of God today, and thank you for those of you tuning in online. We're going to have an awesome day today. This is great. I'm very excited. All right, how are you guys doing? You feeling, you feeling good? I'm, you could say I'm checking the vibe, and it sounds like it's good. It sounds like we got a good vibe going here. We are continuing our series called Vibe Check. If you missed any of the past sermons from the past couple weeks, they're all available on our website, redemptionplano.com. You can go check those out. It'd be worth your time. It's great. Talking about a vibe check, all right? And I'm glad we're all, we're doing good. We've got a good vibe going on here because I'd like to do something this week a little bit different, a little out of the ordinary, but I think it's going to be good. All right, so let's try it together, okay? Let's dive into the Word of God. If you got your Bible or you got a Bible app on your phone, pull it out. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 16, starting with verse 15. This is Jesus talking. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. All right. Now, a couple words in that last verse stuck out to me. I got some special guests with me here today. Now, all right. So... Who wants to be first? Oh, they're not in there. Uh Uh-oh. No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No snakes were harmed in the preparation of this message. But did you, was there a moment there where I failed the vibe check? All of a sudden, we had a good vibe and then I killed it. It suddenly bring up. Handling snakes and, whoa, nope, not into that. So if, if you are doing a vibe check, one possible outcome is that you fail the vibe check. And that's what I want to talk about today is failing the vibe check. Hopefully this is somewhat of a common experience. We've all experienced this at one time or another. I'm very familiar with failing other people's vibe checks. That's happened. Uh, maybe a person or a certain situation, you think it's one way, and then you check, and then all of a sudden, mm, no, not really into that. 
failed the vibe check. I'm good. going to go do something else. You, it could be a person. Suddenly you find out something about them. And uh, they find out they're an Eagles fan. And you're like, oh, no, failed the vibe check. I'm not really a sports guy. You get some new neighbors. They look like they could be cool. Maybe you make some new friends. But then they're always loading garbage bags into an unmarked truck in the middle of the night. That's sort of, hmm, that doesn't pass the vibe check. They, that's weird. You're, you're going to church. You're feeling good. It's a good vibe. And then you find out today's message is all about tithing. Oh, mm, sort of fails the vibe check. That's not what I'm talking about today. There's lots of ways to fail the vibe check. Uh, you're at a music venue. You're, you're listening to some music. It sounds good. The band is awesome. And then they say up next is Alfred Schmetowitz with his magical accordion. And he starts playing polka music. Oh, it sort of kills the vibe. All right? As a public speaker... As someone who occasionally preaches here at Redemption Church, I have to be well aware of the vibe and have to be careful not to kill the vibe. We, we don't want to kill the vibe. You don't want to lose the audience because then people stop paying attention. They don't care about what you're saying. So you got to pay attention to that. But today, I want to tell you about a time that Jesus failed the vibe check. Does that sound, does that even make sense? Does that sound like it's even possible? Can you think of a time when Jesus failed the vibe check? It did. It happened. We're going to take a look at it today. All right? It all happens in John chapter 6. But to give you some context, to give you the backstory, we're going to start a little bit before Jesus fails the vibe check. Okay? At times in his earthly ministry, Jesus was a very popular guy. He had crowds coming to him because he could heal incurable diseases. And sometimes you got free food. Two very popular things. All right, so let's start in John chapter 6 with verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. All right, there we go. Big crowds of people following Jesus because he was healing the sick. Well, you know this story, all right? There's a big crowd of people, around 5,000 or more. They, don't, they get hungry. They don't have any food. A little boy gives up his lunch. So then continuing with verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. This was a miracle. God took these few loaves and fish and divided it up amongst this multitude of people. And they all got to eat as much as they wanted. Amazing. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Everybody thinks that that's wonderful. That's great. In fact, the crowd was so excited about this that they wanted to make Jesus their king. But that wasn't Jesus' plan. So he and his disciples crossed the Sea of Galilee to the other side. But the crowd is still so excited, they 
cross the sea after him. They try and follow him. They want more. And when they find him, he engages them in a discussion about the kind of food that they're seeking. We continue with verse 26. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So the crowd at this point is probably thinking, well, yeah, that's why we're here. We're here for the food that you're going to give us. Did we misunderstand something? They did. Because then Jesus starts talking about his flesh and his blood. And it becomes clear that he's not giving out any more bread and fish. Verse 53, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. What? And apparently, that wasn't what the crowd wanted to hear. Verse, 50, verse 60 says, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. There it is. Jesus failed the vibe check. Jesus gave a teaching and people that had formerly been his disciples, said, oh, no, I'm good. Thanks. Been nice. And they headed off and didn't follow him anymore. Jesus failed the vibe check. Is that weird? Sort of weird to think about. But Jesus knew what he was doing. It's almost like Jesus wanted to fail the vibe check. It's like he was intentionally Killing the vibe. Why would Jesus do that? Well, in this series, we've defined the vibe as a person's emotional state that can be felt by others. Or the tangible atmosphere created by the disposition of our being. Very fancy words. A vibe is something you can feel externally from a person that comes from something internal to them. There's something within them that creates a state that you can kind of feel on the outside. And we have discussed that vibes can come from our flesh or from the Holy Spirit. The worst vibes come from the flesh and the best vibes come from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus had no problem killing off a vibe that comes from the flesh. These people followed Jesus to the other side of the sea because they thought he would give them more food. But they didn't really care about what he had to say. Is that vibe from the Spirit or from the flesh? 
That's from the flesh. They wanted a full belly. But Jesus didn't want them to be motivated by that vibe. He didn't want them to be motivated by the flesh. Vibes of the flesh result in death. We read Romans chapter 8, verse 6 a couple weeks ago. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Jesus wants our vibes of the flesh to die so that we don't die. Jesus wants us to have life and to have it abundantly. And a mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. In fact, in John chapter 6, verse 58, Jesus says, This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said, you guys are after physical bread, something you can eat that will feed your body. But I want to give you something spiritual that will feed your soul, that will keep you alive. Jesus wants us to be motivated by the right vibes, the Holy Spirit vibes, because those vibes bring life. So, sometimes we need to do a vibe check. We need to examine our motivations, why we're doing what we're doing. In the first week of this series, Chris talked about doing a good thing, but with the wrong motivation. He talked about having the right application and the wrong motivation. Sometimes we can either do the right thing or the wrong thing, right? If we're doing the wrong thing, we're sinning. We need to stop doing that. We need to repent and turn around and do something else. That's easy. That's clear as day. But sometimes we could be doing the right thing, but for the wrong reason. We need to examine our motivations. God cares about our motivations. If we're doing the right thing, but out of the wrong motivation, it can lead to problems. Here's an example. It is my belief that I'm trying to do a good thing by getting up here and giving this message. Preparing the message, doing my research, getting my notes together, standing up here, being nervous, and delivering this message to you guys. I hope I'm doing a good thing. But if I'm up here in hopes of one day becoming a world-famous pastor of a mega church, and this is just a stepping stone. Well, for one, I'm delusional. I don't, <laughs> and two, I'm doing this for the wrong reason. My motivation is wrong. Well, and that can cause issues. It might prevent me from saying something that I know is true and something that needs to be said because I'm concerned that y'all won't like it. Oh, that's a hard teaching. I better not say that. And if my motivation is to try and gain popularity, to become famous, then I don't want to say anything that you guys don't like. And that might restrict me from doing what I'm called to do up here. Okay? So our motivations matter. But I'm not up here to get famous. 
And I'm not up here to make you happy. I'm up here because I love God. And I love you. And I know that the word of God brings life. And that's what I want for you. All right. But it's still worth it to examine our motivations. Why are we doing what we're doing? The crowd was following Jesus. That's great. Follow Jesus. I don't want to discourage anybody from following Jesus. But they had the wrong motivation. If they're only following Jesus for the food, then they'll stop following him as soon as the food runs out, which is exactly what happened. And worse, they'll follow anyone who gives them something to eat. That could lead them to some bad places. And Jesus doesn't want them to be under any illusion that, well, I'm following Jesus. Uh, must be good, right? He, Jesus likes truth. He likes clarity. He wants us to know why we're doing what we're doing. And if we're motivated by something that's not from him, he wants us to be very clear about that, to know that, because there's something there that needs to be changed. The, this, the crowds were just interested in satisfying the flesh, and Jesus was eager to kill that vibe. We need to examine our motivations in all that we do to make sure we are motivated by God and not by our own desires. We don't want to get tricked into thinking that, well, I'm, I'm doing good stuff, so it, I must be fine. No, we want to know why we're doing what we're doing, and we want to make sure we're always motivated by him, by the Spirit. But this story also highlights a positive vibe, a vibe from the Holy Spirit. We read John chapter 6, verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. How is that possible? Give it a minute. Let's keep reading. Verse 67. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Now notice when Jesus asks him, you don't want to leave too, do you? Peter doesn't really say no, but Peter recognizes that there is something more important here than his flesh, than what he wants to do. It doesn't matter if Jesus gives him food or not. It doesn't matter if Jesus' teaching sounds weird or gross or Peter doesn't understand it completely. Jesus is the only one who has the words of eternal life. And there's more. Peter continues in verse 69. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Whoa! Talk about a vibe. Peter could recognize Jesus' vibe. There was something coming out of Jesus from inside of him that, Jesus, that Peter could recognize as the Holy One of God. Although he may not have looked like it, Peter recognized 
who Jesus was. And that he could be the savior that they had been hoping for. You have the words of eternal life, Jesus. Where else are we going to go for that? It's almost as if Peter had confidence in what he hoped for. And an assurance about what he did not see. Does that sound familiar? I've heard that before. That's faith. If we look at Hebrews chapter 11, that's called the faith chapter, verse 1. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. That's faith. Peter had faith. That's what kept him and the 12 with Jesus. Even when the crowds all said, no, we don't want this. We're, we're checked out. That faith is from the Holy Spirit. We've been looking at the fruits of the Spirit. Does faith show up there? You bet it does. Galatians 5.22. But, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. The word there, faithfulness, is the same as the word faith. They're interchangeable. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit working in your life. Faithfulness is a vibe. All right? Faithfulness motivates us. Following Jesus is not always easy. It's not always rainbows and unicorns and bread and fish. Sometimes... There are hard teachings. Sometimes there are teachings that are hard to understand. Sometimes there are teachings that can be challenging to accept. And sometimes when we do accept them, that leads other people to reject us. Sometimes we have to kill vibes that used to motivate us. Sometimes there are things that we like that appeal to our flesh our desires, and we have, to, we have to put those things down and turn away from them to head toward Jesus. That can be challenging. Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. That does not describe an easy life. Our flesh doesn't want to do that. So, what is it that motivates us to do that? What is it that keeps us going in this walk, even when we face difficulties? It's the Holy Spirit. It's our faith. We need that. And faith is an internal thing that is visible to others through our behavior and our actions. If we go back to Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. It is full of examples of faith on display. You can read down the list. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. Looking at this list, you can see that faith is powerful. Look at all these things that were done through faith. Jesus tells us that if you have faith the size 
of a grain of mustard, then you can speak to a mountain and it will be moved. Faith is powerful. Faith is amazing. Faith is wonderful and we need it. But one of the most powerful things that faith does is that it keeps us with Jesus even when things are difficult. Even when the crowds are going the other direction, our faith motivates us to keep following him because we know he is the Holy One of God. We know that only he has the words of eternal life. And even if everybody else thinks whatever's over there is super great, it's not better than our Jesus. That's faith. Faith is awesome. There's a lot to be said about faith. We've actually preached several other messages about it. You can go on our website, type in faith in the search bar, and a whole bunch of them will come up. But I want to talk about us. Now, you might have some reservations about all of this Holy Spirit stuff. There was a time in my life where I was kind of like, yeah, Holy Spirit, I don't entirely get it completely. And that's okay. You might not feel like you have a lot of joy or peace in your life, these fruits of the Spirit that we've been talking about. You may not be sure if the Holy Spirit is active in your life. We talk about receiving the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, the fact that you are listening to this message today that you have faithfully borne with me this far into my message shows that you have faith. What else would motivate you to listen to this message and keep listening? If you're tuning in online and you just happen to play this message, if you've made it this far, that is faith at work. You believe you might hear something. You might hear the good news. And that means that you believe that there is good news to hear. That's faith. No matter where you're coming from, no matter where you stand with God, that is faith. That belief that there is some good news to be heard. Believe that God exists and that he rewards those who search for him. Faith is there and it is a product of the Holy Spirit. So that is the Holy Spirit working in you. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. You have faith. To each one of us is given a measure of faith. The Holy Spirit is working in each and every one of you. Following Jesus can be difficult. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have problems. And he was speaking to his disciples at that point. The truth is, you will have trouble and difficulties in this world, whether you're following Jesus or not. But our faith is what keeps us following Jesus, no matter what troubles we face. And that opens the door to these other fruits of the Spirit. Look at the whole verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me 
you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Through faith, we believe that he provides peace in the faith, in the face of troubles. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. And we receive that through faith. Through faith, we can take heart because we believe he has overcome the world. That's faith. It keeps us going, even in the face of challenges. It's like, kind of like armor. It protects us. When the enemy attacks with questions, with doubts, with things that try to tempt us away from following Jesus, our faith is like armor that reminds us why we're following Jesus, that following him is the most important thing. When you look in Ephesians at the whole armor of God, faith shows up as the shield of faith to block the fiery darts of the enemy. We need faith, and it's a fruit of the Spirit working in us. So, in faith, we need to do a vibe check. I want you to be motivated by your faith. Check your vibe. Are you motivated by things of the Spirit? Or, at times, are you motivated by things of the flesh? What do we need to do about that? Through faith, are you willing to turn away from those things? To more fully turn to... For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us.